Well, hello, church. Uh, this is the last part of Nehemiah chapter 2. Uh, if you recall, this whole week, we were, talking, we were trying to answer this one question. Uh, do you expect God to use you in a very uh, mighty way? Uh, do you expect God uh, to, to use you in a very unique way for his kingdom? And if that is the case, if you want to be part of this, how can I go about this? You know, if you want to be uh, used by God, the first thing you need to do is to seize the opportunity when it presents itself. And we talked about how Nehemiah was praying for four months, and, um, and, and the king noticed that one day he was sad, and then um, by God's grace, uh, he was able to present his case on why he's sad, and the king, uh, because of the working through Nehemiah and the king, uh, gave presented an opportunity for him to go. The king honors it, and he gives him all that he needs. Uh, that's what, and that was our second point: was that wisdom and planning. Nehemiah planned out what he, all the things he needed, and uh, and just kept developing his convictions and things that he need. And he presented to the king, and the king gave him all that he needed. He gave him the money. He gave him all the um, like l- lumber and uh, and even an army to protect him. And uh, we t- I talked about how if you want to be used by God, you need to be able not just pray and fast and not do anything about it. Uh, that's not really acting in faith. That's foolishness. You need to actually act. And, and pray and then plan as well. And if you've done all that you can, then you don't need to worry. And Nehemiah did just that. He, he wasn't worried um, in the sense of like uh, whether his plan will work or not. He knew that God will work through all things as long as he's faithful and trusting in the Lord. Now, this last point, we can see how Nehemiah, Nehemiah acts in boldness. And it's this boldness that, that allows the Lord to use him in a very uh, mighty way. And I trust that if you act in boldly, uh, with convictions that's grounded in God's word, the Lord will also use you in a very mighty way. So let's look at the text. Verse 11, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days, and I rose in the night, and I had a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what God, what my God was putting into my mind to do for Jerusalem, and there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. And it's interesting that uh, this whole point, uh, going out at night, he, he's just trying to assess the situation. Nehemiah acted on truth based on what he knew about God and, and God's faithfulness, um, and God used him through the desires, and now he's um, has this conviction of, okay, I need to you, I need to go back to, to my homeland and rebuild this. He believes this is the right thing to do. And he truly believes that uh, if this is God's will, uh, then God will lead him. Um, And what's interesting about this book, too, Nehemiah didn't actually get some audible voice from the Lord. He's not a prophet, and he's not a priest. He's just a politician. And um, as he's he's looking at night, he's just thinking about what the Lord has placed in his heart, and it's this desire to go. And that's what he said, that's what Nehemiah said in verse 12, I did not tell anyone what my God was putting into my mind. He was just... Uh, he knows God's faithfulness from Scripture. He knows uh, what God has planned throughout um, uh, uh, redemptive history up to this point. And he wanted to go and, and lead the people. And God leads his people through the desire of his faithful saints. Um, and that's what's going on. He, he's just going around at night trying to see what was going on. And um, he didn't tell anyone his plan. He didn't tell anyone what God was working in his mind. He didn't tell that those people yet because I think he was still trying to figure things out. Verse 13, so I went out at night. Um, again, this is for him just to get information um, to not have any opposition because uh, there's already opposition and people, uh, you know, in the daytime, there's already opposition. So he decided to go at night as a just a tactful way to, to gather intel. So he went at night uh, by the valley gate in the direction of the 
dragon's well and on the refuse gate, inspecting the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were consumed by fire. Nehemiah saw with his own eyes um, what he needed to do, not what he needed to do, and how bad the situation is. Um, you know, his brother reported to him how bad it was, but he doesn't really know how bad until he actually saw it with his own eyes. Verse 14, Then I passed on to the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was no place for my mount to pass. Uh, again, this is, you see Nehemiah counting the cost here by seeing the destruction of the city. He, he even gets to a point where he can't even get up. And his animal can't go through, so he has to go uh, by himself. Um, verse 15, So I went up at night by the ravine and inspected the wall. Then I entered the valley gate again and returned. The officials, the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done, nor had I, ha, nor had I as yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials of the rest who did the work. So it's interesting that, like, you know, he left these officials of these guards. Uh, I would imagine how upset the king would be if he found out that Nehemiah died, like, and the, the army was like didn't protect him, and he was, and they wasn't even killed by like, you know, an army or whatever. Just somehow he went missing or he fell off a cliff or something. Uh, the king would probably be upset, uh, but he didn't tell. He he came back after night on his own. He he didn't tell anyone what he was doing. Again, he was just trying to figure out what was going on. Nehemiah now knows the extent of damage, so he knows what he needs to do. So he, he brought all the stuff that, from the king, just basically like preliminary. Now he can say, okay, what else do I need? Uh, and are there any excess or is there any more things I need to from the king to help rebuild this? And we know uh, God's word and character, uh, um, we must act on it. And that's what Nehemiah does. He acts on the character of God. Now, throughout this whole time, I've been saying that he's acting on God's uh, word. And understand that throughout all the major figures in the Old Testament, they knew who God was. They knew his character. They knew that the hero of the of Israel is God. And even Nehemiah and Ezra and Esther, as we read through all through, as we're going through all these three books, all of these books are, and in fact, with the whole Bible, the hero is God. God just uses the individuals to ultimately fulfill His plan, and um, He's he, and that's what He's doing here. He's He's using this individual named Nehemiah to go and. And, and fulfill his sovereign plan. And we can see how God is faithful in that way. Verse 18, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me, and also about the king's word, which he had spoken to me. Then they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. So Nehemiah, after reassessing the situation, seeing everything that's going on, he explains the problem to them. He said, let us rebuild the wall. Um, in verse 17, um, or, for, or for, actually I skipped verse 17, let me read that part. And I said to him, you see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates burned by fire. Come, let's rebuild the wall so they will no longer be a reproach. So he sees the situation, but he, as a good leader, he explains what's going on. He also provides a solution on how to deal with things. When I was an intern at Graves, my former boss, uh, he was not a fan whenever uh, people just give him problems. And in fact, every time when I, uh, if I have some form that I need to sign or some dilemma or situation with, with missions, I would ask him and he'd just look at me and just say, um, so what are, what are your plans? Like he, didn't, he, he did not expect uh, me to just present a problem to him and let it be. He, he wants me to develop solutions and, and just to see if my... And then when I present things to him, he wants to see the full picture. What's the problem? What's the solution? And does it make sense? And he usually just gives the approval. Okay, that makes sense. If not, then he'll like correct it. And that's a very 
uh, interesting way uh, to manage people. But I think that's what um, Nehemiah was doing. He 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 presented not just the the problem to them, but he also presented the solution. He motivated them by telling them how God's hand was uh, was upon him, and even what the king has said. They're all working in his favor, and that motivated everyone to realize, like, okay, we are all part of God's divine plan here to rebuild this wall. So they, it says here at the end of verse 18 that they put their hand to do the good work. Verse 19, but when Sanballat the Horonites and Tobiah the Ammonite officials um, and Geshem the Arab heard it, they mocked us and despised us and said, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebuilding against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build, but you have no portion, right or memorial in Jerusalem. So the opposition came, or they first appeared in verse ten. They appear again at the end of the chapter, and uh, and and that's going to this is going to be like a thorn in the flesh for the Israelites throughout this entire book. But because of the convictions that they uh, have, um, they are going to persist throughout this entire book. And we'll see. Nehemiah is, is the leader of all of this. He is going to be the one that's going to keep um, pushing for this and uh, in, 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 in every possible way uh, uh there's going to be armies coming and come he's going to put he can tell everyone to equip uh, swords and um and, and protect themselves and everything that they do uh is out of this conviction from the beginning after much prayer and after all the things that they've seen god has done they're going to keep going and keep being faithful until it's completed and if you are someone that wants to be used by God in my way, you need to follow through with what God has given in your heart. If, if you are someone that uh, have desire for a certain ministry and you, you, know, you pray about it, you ask godly counsel, uh, you need to keep going. You, you don't want to stop. Uh, if, if, if there is something that you want to do, if, you, if there's like a mission you want to pursue, you should, you should do it. Uh, especially if it's edifying to the saints or if it's some sort of... Or some way to evangelize the lost, you should keep. You should do these things. Um, I've been saying throughout this last several months that the, that there should be no such thing as a Christian that doesn't that isn't doing something. There's no lazy or passive or spectating Christians. You should be someone that's doing something for the kingdom. Whether you're teaching the kids, evangelizing to non-believers, um, caring for the elderly in our church, there should be something that you're doing in our church. Um, because if you're not, then how can you expect God to do anything in our church? You know, God uses means in the church, and how He, and the means uh, are the people. If you're a believer, you are part of God's divine plan. Don't waste your life doing nothing uh, and just waiting for other people to pick up a problem, uh, to pick up or solve solutions in the church. If you have, if you see something that can help the church, you should act on it. Uh, the Lord will play. The Lord gave you that insight, so you need to follow through with it and try to help build the church body. The church, again, is not some place that you are supposed to just go to entertain or be amused for several hours throughout the week. It's a lifestyle. Your church ministry goes beyond just Sunday or Friday. It goes to every single day. You know, every single day there's always something to do. And I trust that if you are faithful and walking closely with the Lord, the Lord will give you the desires and give you the means to fulfill the ministries that will, that will ultimately glorify him and build the body of Christ. But you need to have this conviction in your mind in order for you to act boldly. So, 
That's the summary. Uh, if you want to be used by God, you first need to seize the opportunity. Second, you need to uh, have wisdom and planning. And third, you need to act in boldness. And uh, if you do these things well, if you're faithful in all these three areas, I trust that the Lord will use you in a mighty way, both in and outside the church. I hope that this is helpful. Uh, starting this weekend on, we're going to, um, or start, uh, starting from next chapter, we're going to learn a little about, a bit about the opposition, about those that are going to oppose um, Nehemiah and the Jews. Um, but at the same time, we're going to see how the Lord delivers them from the opposition. I uh, hope that this is helpful. Have a blessed weekend. <laughs>